Greetings is co-hosted and co-produced by Bobby O'Rourke and Dan Conroy. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at GreetingsPod or on Twitter at GreetingsCast for weekly updates, photos, and to see what card we're talking about that week. Thank you for joining us here on another episode of Greetings, the Greeting Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dan Conroy. And I am the two of your hosts, Bobby O'Rourke. Two hosts for two great times. And be sure to listen out for the waiter boots we have on and the fine jackets we have to save us from the wind and rain. That's right. We find ourselves ding-dongs in the marshy miasma that is yet again another Greetsgiving. This is the third fridge ranking we've done thus far. Is that right, Good Babs? That's right. Happy Greetsgiving, Dan. Uh, happy, happy to be here. Thank you for wearing the traditional attire, which is waiters and suspenders with nothing underneath. As you know, traditional Greetsgiving garb. Thank you for celebrating properly. It's my pleasure. And of course, thank you for wearing the traditional beaded top hat. It's, of course, rhinestone studded. And in the back, it says born to thrive with a picture of a giraffe riding a motorcycle. That is a style that we have. You guys can pick that up at our merch store that doesn't exist. But the minute we get that, we'll find out how much it would take to mass produce such a beautiful item. No, we find ourselves here at our third Greetsgiving. I was looking at the lineup we have today, Bobby, and our cup doth runneth over. We're a little bit over the 10 that we said we were going to have, but I find that a blessing, not a curse. We had a lot of good ones. We, of course, had a double at one point with our dear friends, Gabby and Andrew, and I feel like this round, we have got a nice collection in the old eggs basket. We've got a couple of gold tiers. We've got a couple of midlands that we can talk about that are worth convo. And we've got a couple of real stinkeroonies. Do you think that we're pretty well balanced, Bobby? Or do you think maybe one is really winning out of those three very ambiguous options I'm giving. No, I think that that is what the bookies in AC are calling. They're saying that there's going to be some real big winners and real big losers tonight. It's not going to be like the Super Bowl, which I did watch, even though I don't fully understand football. I understand parts of it. Uh, But this is going to be pretty cut and dry and we may agree on a lot, but I'm curious to see if there's any areas in which you and I have a big divide because to this day, seafood birthday is still, I think, our most divisive ranking that we ever had. And that's from our first Greetsgiving. Oh, wow. I have to go back because I can't remember. Now, Seafood Birthday is specifically the potentially, using a word that we said off mic, unfair trade card in which an older Greek citizen was forced to, well, I say forced to, but we don't know the answers yet, was consensually wearing a bunch of seafood on their head. Am I correct? Is that Okay, that's the right card. Yeah, that was a divisive one. I remember yours was higher than mine, but again, it all relied on what the politics of that card was. Which, of course, it was a real Schrodinger's squid because we were like, if the Greek (laughs) citizen was okay with this, it's fine. If they weren't, this was exploitation. Why did Schrodinger choose a cat? Why couldn't it have been just like a cute... Squids can be cute. You gotta admit, of all the cephalopod creatures and i can't remember if a cuttlefish counts for that because in their name is already pretty adorable but the squid's pretty high up there it is strange he chose a famously temperamental animal to put inside a box and say please don't get out he yeah he schrodinger for this example really chose the creature that really only wants to be in boxes on their own volition like a, a cat loves a box we all know that but cats don't like being forced into boxes according to the scrolls that i read mm-hmm. now Pavlovian dog makes perfect sense. Dogs love drooling and they love associating things with food. I would say maybe an animal that is more 
welcome to do exactly what you tell them because they don't think they have another option. For example, bunnies. They're not smart enough to know the difference. Put them in a box and they'll just assume that's the universe now. They'll just sit there and go, oh, okay, looks like my world's changed. <laughs> looks like I got to downsize a little bit. It's my favorite thing about rabbits is that obviously all rabbits are different, but having grown up with them, a lot of the times you switch something up with a rabbit so long as it's not like hurting them or deeply inconveniencing them, they're just kind of like, okay, I guess this is the world now. Is that like, right? It's they're, just, they're just very amenable creatures. You know, uh, rabbit owners who are listening to this podcast might vehemently disagree with me, but of all the rabbits that I have had, because obviously like cats and dogs, they have very diverse, different personalities. But of all the rabbits that I've had, I've noticed versus cats and dogs, they are much more amenable to you changing little things and going, all right, I guess I just got to switch up my worldview. And like they, they just see the changes happening, they feel rather helpless versus a cat or dog who might fight and just go, all right, I'm just going to work around this, I guess. Thanks for thanks for the update. And be more just like mad that it's happening, I guess. Maybe that's just the the temperament of a prey animal. I'm glad you're telling us the straight dope about rabbit owners and to them because you got to speak truth to weakness is what I've always said. And if you're going to get a pet, get a snapping turtle. Get a snapping turtle, be truth to weakness. And a snapping turtle is no weakness. You try to bite through that shell. No, seriously, you try because I have and my dentist bills are through the roof. <laughs> Super strong boys right there. They are as God made them. And they're gorgeous and they're hard mean to... hard. <laughs> But they're gorgeous, and that's all that matters. They Some are of gorgeous, nature's yeah. most gorgeous things are mean and terrible. I'm trying to think of another good example like that. Porcupines are pretty, but they're not mean. They're just sharp. <laughs> I not... I was at a zoo recently, or excuse me, an aquarium with rag. Yes. Yeah. Don't. Well. They're not the same thing. We have had this conversation on the podcast. An aquarium is a lesser zoo. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say an aquarium is a, a water zoo. Is what I was <laughs> calling it originally. More, that's more generous, but yeah. that's fine. So I was we, at the uh, was, water zoo. Uh, <laughs> you're at the water zoo. You're at, you're at the aqua zoo, of was course. The, I was at the aqua zoo with some friends and their two-year-old kid, which is very nice because you get to take the little, the little one now to see all the animals. And we came across an exhibit that had a alligator or a crocodile, I think a crocodile. And mm. let me tell you, I am fascinated by water zoos in general. I find them really fun, but... I looked into the eyes of that crocodile, and that was one of the only experiences in my life where I thought, you know things that I don't and I could never know because they are, they they have the dinosaur in them. They have seen the fall of empires, and it has been a nap, and they've woken up and said, well, I guess Rome is gone. Let's continue (laughs) on. They have taken a nap in the 1600s and woken up and watched the steam engine be made. Like, they are a sort of weird, timeless, scary creature. And to think that... Our interactions with them are limited mostly to seeing them in enclosures and feeding them marshmallows or like humans do with all things, eat them. Like those are the those are the three options. Pulling them out of public pools. That's one. Running across them in a comical fashion to get through swamps. Yes, 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 yes. Trying to avoid getting consumed by one. And we are warned by it by a alarm clock that it's consumed, if I'm remembering Peter Pan correctly. The there. But. (laughs) There are so many ways. We were, I was supposed to go to Gatorland with my family when I was really young in Florida. I believe it's in Orlando. Whoa. And that week that we went down, we couldn't go because it had set on fire, like a five alarm fire. I don't believe oh any of the animals. I'm glad you weren't yeah. there. Jeez. I'm glad I wasn't there either. And I'm, I don't recall if any animals were lost, unfortunately, but I just remember the owner and Gatorland now has since reopened. But I just remember they interviewed the owner of Gatorland and he just said, 
in, in like just kind of a way like, oh, you know, Gatorland's like a gator itself. It's versatile and it can it can go through any storm and we'll 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 see the end of this and everything will be all right. And it just made me think, yeah, what can like if could a crocodile survive or an alligator survive a nuclear bomb? Have have we tested that out yet? I obviously don't want an alligator to lose their life, but is there a holodeck style synthesis of that we can do? Sort of a um, synthetic approach to seeing whether or not alligators and crocodiles can survive a more nuclear holocaust situation. You want to do a sort of updated Thomas Edison electrocuting an elephant to see if he could, and indeed he he, he did. You want that scenario, but less overtly awful is what I'm hearing from you. Is that right? Well, th- yes. But in many ways, but- <laughs> no. I ha- I have nothing. I have nothing against. Let me let me explain. I have nothing against a Brit named Westinghouse. So I have no interest in killing a whole elephant in order to justify my own bad electric company. Nor is the entertainment of the day just watching animals die. Because around the same time, that was not Lucy the elephant. What was their name? Topsy. Topsy. So yes. yeah, when when Topsy the elephant got to get that elephant lore down. When Topsy the elephant was electrocuted, it wasn't uncommon for other Nickelodeons to exist that basically involved like other animals being killed. It was basically it was bear baiting still would have been a thing. Like just a couple of laws scooched to the side and we could have had bear baiting alongside going on the roller coaster at Coney Island. So I don't want that. I want scientific evidence that the herptiles are crocodiles, alligators, and you know what? Turtles. Screw it. All of them. I want them to survive the oncoming nuclear Armageddon. And I want to figure that out without hurting them. And if my tax dollars are going to go anywhere, if I get to choose next tax year. That's what I want. You are simply describing the origin of Godzilla, but that's okay because I think that's what we need now. Yeah, that's kind of true. That's kind of what we're going to get is just kaiju, isn't it? <laughs> we're just going to, that's, I want this thing and then I'm going to get a movie. Oh, well, I'm going to get a creature that will further inspire a Blue Oyster Cult song. So that can't be so bad. That's true. Yeah, you got to win somewhere. How did we get into talking about crocodiles? Oh, you were at the zoo recently. I was at we're the there. water zoo. Yes. You were at the water zoo, the aqua zoo, which is also my favorite nightclub from the 90s. In the Aqua Zoo, was there anything? Did, what was the biggest thing that they have? Would you say like the alligator crocodile was probably the main exhibit big creature, or like they didn't have orcas, right? No, we're, no, we're but they that. did have. They had a tank that had sharks in it. You know, one of those. Uh, you know, it had an eight, seven, seven, eight foot shark in it. They had sea turtles actually. Nice. So there was nice. really Whoa. very large, about four four feet long, probably sea turtles, and that was pretty magnificent as well. And then there's always that one section that's like algae, friend or foe. You know, (laughs) it's just a two. It's just a single tube with green stuff on the wall. And it's like algae exists in so many forms. And here they are. One algae, two algae, Fred algae, seaweed. Can you eat this? And then there's one and there's just a big sign that says yes. And then there's another one that just says no. But they look exactly the same. (laughs) They're exactly the same. But there is some tour guide going through there. It's a docent that gets is not paid for this, but is far too fascinated by seaweed to not do this job and it's just like now there are several differences between the two of these and they're actually quite fascinating and it just boils right down to chlorophyll (laughs) i just remember going to aqua zoos and you want the big ticket see the big ticket creatures which might not be great because there's a little bit of cruelty there but just because it's never enough space for them Mm -hmm. but that versus some of the exhibits that are just a singular tank with a single seahorse in it and it's, of course, some cool Caribbean seahorse. I think there's one with, like, a lot of decorative fronds behind it. But I'm also like, this is depressing. It's by itself. Yeah. Like, Where's his buddies? In a, Her buddies. Yeah, in a, in a blue space. Yeah, it's just not cool. So if we're going to continue on with aquariums, 
we've got to let the animal sit there for a little bit, preferably with the company of its other species, and see if they're jazzed about it. And if they're not, back in the ocean you go. Time to go back to work from whence you came. I remember near me there was an aquarium with a sea lion. I forget their name, unfortunately, now, but they were essentially the mascot of this aquarium. And they unfortunately were blind in one eye and had a large scar from a boating accident. Basically, a boat like rammed into them. And so the sea lion was taken there and recovered and was like the bell of the ball. It was like so cool to see this sea lion. And like, yeah, the rescue missions are are quite inspiring when they say, yeah, he had no flipper and then we brought him here and now he's got a robot flipper, you know, et cetera. And then like you could always, I remember going to birthday parties at Aquarium and you could hang out with the penguins for like an hour there and mostly just to watch them poop. That's basically what they did when they were around people it wasn't that entertaining but when you're a child that's hilarious it's still hilarious to me yeah it's still that's that's still worth i mean that plus a pizza party that's a birthday for me i think at 32 that's what i'm gonna want oh yeah i'll fund that myself i'll gladly pay for the 37.50 plus a coca-cola from the vending machine oh you are the bomb maybe sprite if they have or root beer no it's okay coke is fine coke is fine can we do laser tag afterwards yes but only if we get through these cards that's the only thing we have to do first which is well we're you have to finish your cards before you go to laser tag So let us hunker on down, get ourselves our bibs going, and talk about these cards. Now, already I'm seeing the Bobby rankings via the Dan rankings. And Bobby, I see that there are going to be some differences, but also quite a lot of similarities. You and I were pretty close on a lot of them. So do you want to bring us into the very first card? We're starting just for the ding-dongs out there. We're starting from the bottom, and then we're going back up. And we're also going to discuss where they are on our fridges. That's right. And I will once again credit, because it wasn't my original idea, that this ranking system of each of us naming the place of a card and then only talking about it when we both hit the right number was first done, to my knowledge, on the James Bonding podcast and with Gorley and Rust, Matt Gorley, Matt Meyer, Paul Rust, great podcasters. And uh, this, I just didn't want to take credit where I don't have any right to take it. Um, I'll do that later. So, but for Matt now, Gorley's working for Conan O'Brien now. He's not exactly, yeah, he's, you know, hurting, but... Yeah. But go listen to Super Ego, because that's an amazing podcast. Super Ego is good. Shout out to the Super Egots. So, Dan, I'll start us off. I am pretty sure we are simpatico on this. Possibly the worst card ever, but definitely less than this ever ranking. done. It is uh, number uh, episode 26, Hot, Horny, and Angry on Netflix, and the card <laughs> that we called The Shittiest Angel, and I think that is your number 12 uh, as well. This I'm whole right. episode was a train wreck and a half. I um, Not for any... Not for any no one in in this group did anything wrong it was just the nature of the beast nothing went right and the card did the least amount of right man this card blows it blows so hard I, I got not hate mail but i had the most people i know who listen come up to me and say what was that and they sort of they didn't blame us but they looked at us like you did announce it to the world we kind of like brought the box to foreign shores and now you know the the gin inside has been released so they did blame us a little eensy bit but then those same people would read about gin in the newspapers and go well where was this all along why didn't you warn us about this delicious <laughs> evil drink you've got to expose know thy enemy we've got to we've got to put sunlight on it for it is the best disinfectant so when you see this card i want you to take it out i want you to throw it out in the convenience store garbage can and when somebody from customer service comes up to you and goes you can't just throw out things in a convenience store you don't like you can say 
I'm I'm going to go, sorry, I love you, and then rush out the door as quickly as you can. But end it on an I love you. Make sure to make it nice. They, they're not doing anything wrong. They're doing their job. It's the card that made you angry, not the business. Yeah, and I even meant Jin, the original genie. It's like D-J-I-N-N, but I'm glad you took it. Oh, to I thought you Jin, meant the bottles spirit of gin well. for some reason. They oh, work okay. the same. Yeah, they're both poisons yeah, yeah. On, our, on our planet. <laughs> they're both poisons. They both contain grains of paradise. There's, you know, they both can grant wishes if you think about it. I don't know what that means, but I'd be so happy if we had a genie. I'd be so much fun. Oh, I couldn't do that to a genie. It's, it deserves better. It deserves better than what we're offering here. It's got a. It has. A, it has a life of unfortunate servitude that we can only free it if we offer it. So we can't force it to be on our show. That's just not fair. Yeah, there's nothing. There was nothing redeeming about this card. I did not find it to be very interesting art wise. I didn't find it to be very interesting in its message in the middle or in the back of it i think it's just it, it just feels very much like it, it almost tries because i was thinking about this today when we were looking at the listing it's a card that almost feels like it's trying to do some kind of poke fun at the quote-unquote liberal snowflakes while at the same time enjoying some kind of eastern new age ideology and it's like you can't have it both ways or you can't make up your own stuff or i guess you can make it up but it's bad and i hate it <laughs> and i found it in vermont of all places in some ways in the bastion of liberalism and other people who just want to talk about their third eyes and why they need to go to the eye doctor but man it's and for those listeners who don't remember the really only explanatory text on the card is just two angels talking and one shows the other ruby red slippers and says do you think these make me look gay there is no other t- <laughs> yes yeah not at all and again it's not looking if you go at greetings pod on instagram or at greetings cast on twitter and have a look see at all these cards while we're talking about them you'll notice that it's fair to say that the angel is not necessarily doing what you would call drag it's more just like wearing women's cl- or wearing this clothing right so it's just wearing this clothing and asking if it looks gay no indication of that it's especially doing drag or especially doing one thing they're or at another. a coffee table they're having breakfast there's a newspaper open they're just as if as if angels are married and having a quiet sunday morning before they go do the weekly shop that's what the mood is of the clay so to the idea that like oh well let me let me take this time and also that angel is sitting down so it's the implication that they've been dressed like this the whole time it is now asking this question not does this make me look feminine do you you think these look good on me does specifically this clothing speak to my sexuality so for that reason this card if you look at our ratings which are going to be at greetings pod this goes right to hell for me i just put it in hell it doesn't even deserve the trash can yeah this is friday the 13th part nine shittiest angel goes to hell this is even worse than jason takes manhattan for me this would be when jason does go to hell and then comes back in the body of that police officer who's trying to investigate the murder so we've gained already too much time we've got to keep on rolling the next one what is your number 11 bobby my number 11 is from episode 24 you can do everything mm. right and still lose with gabby <laughs> and andrew and this is the card i think that gabby brought and i think it's called we've called it text pug and it's the picture of a pug and the caption below says you accidentally open a text message and now you have to respond so. Right. It it was the meme of a card. And yes. that was uh, number 10 for me. So we're going to get there pretty soon. We were pretty close on that one. Yeah. So what's your number 11 then, Dan? We'll do my number first. 11 comes from episode 28. God wanted us to sit in our milk bath. It is stinks. You're going away, which is our take on a Jim Davis like character that is not a Jim Davis like character, but is doing some kind of bathroom implication of a joke that we couldn't get around with its rhyming and metaphors and whatnot. We'll 
save that one until we come back. But now I'm going to do my number 10, which is Merry Christmas to you, a moose that celebrates Christmas from episode 23, Honey to Dip Your Hands In. And uh, now, Dan, I think uh, number 10 you said was Text Pug, right? I think it was number 10. My number 10 is Text Pug okay. coming from the episode 24, You Can Do Everything Right and Still Lose. Let's talk Text Pug. How do you feel about it? You know, I know it sounds like I have... Uh, because it is third from the bottom. But I would say once we get past the shittiest angel and stinks, you're going, well, actually, once we get past the shittiest angel, everything kind of becomes pretty neutral for me. So I feel like the real stinkerinos are really just that one. And maybe I'll have a little bit of criticism coming up for stinks, you're going away. But text pug is a very neutral card for me. And maybe that's why it reaches number 10. It's neither a high nor low. It doesn't instill any particular feeling that I walk away with emotionally. I understand where they're coming from in the joke. They're trying to make their own meme. I don't think they necessarily succeed in that. And I also can't hate it because it's a dog card. It's a cute little pug. You know, pugs are fun. But at the end of the day, it's not one that I can see myself relishing in in my older years when I finally have made that cabin out of bales of hay because I was a little too lazy to learn how to actually do proper masonry. Yeah, you're going to be a great-grandfather, and your great-grandkids are going to come to you and say, Grandpapa, we found this card in your attic. What does it mean? And they're not going to bring you the text pug, but you with your your myopic eyes are going to adjust your glass to go, ah, yes, girls night out. Sit sit down, (laughs) kids, and I'll tell you a tale. And they'll say, we really got to go to baseball practice. And they're like, ah, baseball doesn't exist for 50 years. You could have time for a story. You never have time for your great bail father anymore. Come sit down before your baseball scrimmage. Now, this one says V is for vodka. Back in the day when people didn't have anyone to celebrate Valentine's Day with, they'd get drunk off their ass and so on and so forth. And they would just uh, drown me out because now they've got computer chips in their head that immediately let them go on TikTok. <laughs> their uh, eyes just go white. Yeah, that's that's what it sounds like. I I put this at number eleven, slightly behind you. Cannot describe the chasm of difference between this and Shittiest Angel. Shittiest Angel should be sent to the Temple of Doom, and only Indiana Jones is allowed to retrieve it. This card just simply I I forgot about it. That's the only reason it ranks so low. Is yeah, and I forgot further what it was celebrating or acknowledging so that for me was the reason right. why it's, it was so low for me i do not hate it by any stretch but i did forget we talked about it in the great scheme of things like the shittiest angel is an unfortunate curse put upon you that turns you into like a vampire meanwhile in the grand scheme of potions if text bug was one you would drink it and you would just levitate for half a second yeah. three inches off the ground and go right back down mm-hmm. it's neither good nor bad it's not essentially helpful but you know it's got a place, and sometimes that all, that's all it needs, a card like this. Amen, brother. Amen, brother. Number nine for right, your nine, right? Yes, my number nine is also a, a talker ah, because it is uh, Stinks You're Going Away, Cat, from episode 28. God wanted us to sit in our milk bath. Now, you keep referencing some sort of Jim Davis feline character. I'm not familiar with it, and for legal reasons, I'm going to say that I'm telling the truth. Why does this card rank fairly low for you on the scale? Let me explain, Bobby. For a card that is so reminiscent of a particular Sunday character cat that unlike another orange cat that that particular one liked eating out of trash cans and specifically eating fish bones this one likes eating lasagna and being mean to an italian delicacy if i remember correctly oh my apologies yes an italian delicacy we won't specify what that is Mm. and likes being rude to a dog whose intelligence level is about what is expected of like let's say a labrador or a labradoodle it's not very high but it's still a good dog and you have to like it for that 
Now, no problem with this orange tabby like creature of which was made famous on the desks of administrative assistants mugs everywhere. But I would say what I didn't like about the card and why it ranks 11 for me is I remember us being caught up in the riddle and rhyme of it all. It Mm. was a card that we couldn't guess where they were coming from in the message. And we thought it was leaning towards scatological. If I recall correctly, I'm trying to load Leaning? it up now. That's generous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally the first stanza goes, it stinks so much you're leaving. In fact, it's downright crappy. And then it says at the end, goodbye, so long, I'll miss you, deuces, which <laughs> you and I were just convinced someone was writing a poop joke. Like, we've got a kind of person that is in love with those kind of jokes. If you're somebody that follows the greeting card world, you'll notice that that kind of joke is abundant in them. I usually try to avoid those cards because, I mean, we just don't have time here. But yeah, so for that reason, I was like, this doesn't need any awards for what it's trying to do. And if they successfully get a cease and desist from Jim Davis, this card's immediately number one. But until that happens, it's staying solely at 11. You really love the controversial cards. You want a real backstory, a real VH1 inside access kind of card to go I with. want dirt. You I want, want dirt. real dirt with this. Look, we're trying, to, we're trying to bring a life to greeting cards that they never thought they were going to have. They thought they were just going to be the personal standpoint of a convenience store aisle, and that's it. No rock star future. No sad, like, road to recovery after a night of too much binging but no we're going to give you that glamorous rock style life all the way to the bitter end greeting cards <laughs> time for you to live like a behind the what's it called behind the music v- you said it behind the music v- yes one. yeah i will just end with this card by saying it's slightly higher than not good for me i think i admire the commitments of the bit in this card where yeah. someone said i need a card in my mind, for a child who has to say goodbye to a friend, they're not quite ready emotionally to do this. Let's just disguise it in scatological humor and poop jokes. And you know what? Make it six pages. It's like, do you, yes. want, you want to do that, Harry? Like, we can do it in one. Like, eh, I got a lot of material, you know, just go. I for got it. a lot of paper. We need to burn through this. Look, we have our monthly paper inventory. And unless we're going to have a bunch more birthdays this year, which nobody's born in March, that means we are going to have to burn through this paper one way or another. So <laughs> if we're not making happy birthday signs, we're doing something else with it. I think it's a noble place where it is, truly. Mm, yes. Where are you in your number eight, Bobby? Is Oh, it is my number eight. No, it's your number nine. You're, uh, oh, you, sorry. You my number nine. Right. My apologies. My number nine comes from episode 24, You Can Do Everything Right and Still Lose with Gabby and Andrew, which is their second card. I believe this was particularly Andrew's card. The Santa Maze, which was a game of a card. It was our very first secondary activity that can be done in a card that wasn't just viewership. You had to engage with it a certain way i can't wait to talk about it but it might be a a, a wee bit before we get there yeah that's a that's one of our first divisive ones my number eight is i don't know if we even came up with a real name for this card i wrote in our notes valentine's horror into the sun parenthesis as long as i'm with you close parenthesis it's from episode 31 of violent empathy and empathetic violence that's my number eight that is a beautiful sentence for the card a title for the card that we never gave <laughs> I don't it think valentine's we did horror. i can remember it. <laughs> valentine's horror into the sun sounds like if daniel klaus was doing a new graphic novel but it was all about and we even mentioned how the artwork is similar to him but that exactly sounds like like because he had the graphic novel like 
a velvet glove cast an iron. So Valentine's Horror into the Sun would just be something in between, like also doing some kind of exploitation film style graphic novel. And I'll be awaiting that. Daniel Klaus, please put that together. My number eight comes from, and here we go for discussions, episode 23, Honey to Dip Your Hands In. It is Merry Christmas to you. <gasps> now, uh, yes. Bobby, would you like to explain to us why this is number 10 on your ranking? Yeah, singing animals are lazy. And you can't convince me otherwise. And I'm don't actually this one out of all the singing animals we had is perhaps the least disturbing. It's just a moose wishing you a Merry Christmas. What gets me over and over again is the quality of the recording, because not that we have great recording devices or I don't really. I just have a regular old microphone you could buy at your local Best Buys. But the music that comes from a sound card is similar to like the ransom videos from the Riddler posts in the newest Batman movie. There's just this weird staticky, like echoey feeling to it all. And I can't figure out why we're inventing electric cars and trying to mass distribute them, but we can't get a good microphone for a moose to sing Merry Christmas to you. I don't know why we can't do it. It is interesting that we are still, I was watching the episode of the Sopranos the other day where they get a, Billy Big Mouth Bass. Do you remember those? It was the singing oh, bass on yeah. the wall. That was those were honestly breathtaking things when we were yes. younger. I remember that, being so excited when a friend had one and I could play with it. That changed the game. Mm-hmm. And it's hilarious that that was 20 plus years ago. That was 25 years ago, almost. Almost. And we're so it's lucky to be to alive think, right now. I know. What a beautiful future we live in where the greeting card technology literally has not evolved past the Big Mouth Bass audio capturing <laughs> of him singing, throw me in your water. It's the same quality. It's the same damn quality. They make phones now now with infinitely better professional microphones and you can't find a way to get a chip to give me 30 percent of that quality because you're right this card merry christmas to you is upsetting in a lot of ways it is upsetting by its noise it's upsetting by its stagnant just non-moving deer head above the body maybe and i think the reason why i put it at eight is because that is not enough to make it egregiously bad it's not enough for me to want to say goodbye to this card forever if anything the punmanship saves it but Mm. i think i even said in the episode this is the kind of card that due to its pun performance deserves to be preserved so long as we pull the battery out of the back so i never have to see that deer dance It, it it skirts the line for me successfully where it gets a higher ranking but if i have to watch this it it almost looks like an older Norse spirit from the woods that demands my soul in exchange for a decent harvest. Yeah, you get some real folk horror uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, explanations from this card. This could have been, to reference a uh, movie we referenced before, this could have been a Midsommar beast. Yes. That we could have Very seen. Very Ari if Aster. You... Ari Aster wishes you a swinging Christmas. That's my favorite uh, album. Yes, exactly. I'd replace this dancing deer with the scene where the old man jumps off the cliff. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> If you haven't seen Midsommar, that's fine. You can watch it whatever you want. Go 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 see a movie if you want. Earth Girls Are Easy is also a movie I've seen recently. Don't suggest that at all. Oh. All right, number seven. We've got, I'm going to say my number seven, which is from the number 22 Happy Birthday Christmas Nephew with dear friend of the podcast, Keith St. Lawrence, and that is the Chichingaling Xmas Cat. Dan, you are absolutely correct because that is also my number seven. We've matched. Ding, our ding, num- ding, number ding, seven ding. is a total match. We're in total agreement. 
Keith, mm-hmm. you gave us an, a lucky number, Sullivan. Dan, we're edging towards the middle now. Like, where are we with this card? What do you feel? You know what? We're about to, unless I'm wrong, I'm just doing a quick eye glance of all the things coming up. I think we're going to find ourselves, <laughs> be, you glance with your eyes, not with your hands. We're going to be in good territory after this. You know, we were in the no man's land with shittiest angel, and we were kind of in the purgatory with these last couple ones. Not that some of them weren't good. I especially enjoy Merry Christmas to you. But I think the Chichingaling Xmas cat will be the fairy off the river sticks to get us into the Elysian fields that we need to be in. Because mm. this is another card that is pretty neutral for me because I don't even know what it's trying to give me. And it seems to not be. And I know that's a con- that's a constant hobby horse for me to say with a lot of these cards. But no joke. I don't think this card is very enthusiastic about its message. It's got a blinged out cat that you would only know is referring to Christmas by its Santa hat. It is clearly dripping in that Canadian swag because it's got Canadian gold coins behind it. Those are specifically Canadian gold leaf gold coins. And then the inside is Merry Christmas, no exclamation point, from a relative who was obligated to give you something and money was the first thing they thought. So that is where I am with the cha-chingling cat. Bobby, for you it was seven. Where, where does that middle, that median number, where are you there? emotionally i tell me uh, emotionally yeah it it was it's been a journey but i think that when we talk about the cards that our guests bring whenever we rank them either high or low it's never a reflection on the conversation that we have about it it's always sort of okay what did we actually get from this card and for this one i think you're right it's it's a christmas card that could have just been said Merry Christmas here's a Barnes and Noble gift card on the inside but the extra step of throwing in a cat wearing sunglasses and not editing out either the photographer reflected in the sunglasses or some sort of demon trying to escape the card just (laughs) it both bounced it up and down for me in terms of quality and why I like it so I had to even it out and said okay seven seems like a proper spot to leave this one into I just love the idea of a Barnes and Noble card trying to be a little bit more self-referential and it's just an image of a stressed out WB Yeats and it just says on the front of it you know gift giving is just furthering the capitalist empire that we are trying our best to avoid and then the inside it goes so here's this and it's fifty dollars (laughs) for Which you're only going to spend at the Barnes & Noble Cafe. Like, don't lie to me here. You're going to spend this all on Frappuccinos. You're going to get a $12 almond croissant that's been sitting there for days. And you're going to like it because you're going to leaf through a magazine and not buy it and leave. And you'll be fine. You're going to buy the newest edition they have of Cool Cars Monthly. And you're going to get yourself a green tea frappuccino and a choco pan. Which, that's that's the chocolate croissant, right? They call it a choco pan. I'm going to say yes. Because it's cool. So that's nice. all I need. Validation's all I need to get through this and most of my life. It's the energy that keeps this going. <laughs> Very cool. So, Chichingaling, Xmas Cat, that is our median. And I couldn't be happier that it was given to us by the good, great Keith St. Lawrence from the Divided Films podcast with JJ Focaraccio. Amazing podcast. You all should go see. They don't have new episodes anymore, but all episodes that are in there are fantastic, especially the ones that Bobby and I are in. Ooh. So, definitely go listen to that. Number six, Bobby, where are you on the list? My number six is from episode 30, Coitus Roman Latin, and it is, (laughs) hey, grandson, Dinosaur Valentine's Day. Oh, Dinosaur Valentine's Day. I can't wait till we get to that. That'll be one more step. We'll get to that one, but that is a good one. Number six for me comes from the episode 27, Slush It Out With Your Mouth, best uh, episode name we've ever had. Awful. And it's it's amazing. So, so grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. And it was Sweet 16 Taco. I also advise listeners to not google that phrase something else comes up which one slush it out with your mouth 
Sweet 16, 16 taco. taco. Both of them are kind of oopsies. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, they're both oopsaritos right there. <laughs> those are those are a couple of oofadoofas. But you are going to get your wish, Dan, because at number five uh, for me is Sweet 16 Taco. So let's Yay. let's really let's really dig into that taco. It's what do you think? Why why is it six? Why is it six? Why Great question. Six? Uh, thank you for thank you for asking, Dan. Thank you, Dan. I uh, and by Dan and me, Bobby. <laughs> I. Thank you, Dan, for, for asking, Dan. This is number six for me because, again, we find ourselves really in the home stretch of good golden era cards. And this one is generally a very pleasant piece of paper that I think as a 16-year-old is not – if I could go back to – oof, if I go back to Dan in 16, we've probably got a Chuck Norris shirt on or My Kingdom for a Slurpee t-shirt. I have <laughs> – Hair that I am not keeping well. I'm trying to make it into an afro, but really that just means I'm have wild. I have basically a tumbleweed of hair, like it's just very dehydrated. I am drinking Mountain Dew at an excessive pace, and I don't want to be patronized like a lot of teenagers constantly are, both in by their parents and by the media that their parents consume. So if I received the 16 Taco About Awesome card, which is shaped like a taco, like a hard shell taco. Mm -hmm. And then on the inside, it says, hope your 16th birthday totally guacs. And it's got a cool image that you would expect from like your cool mom's late 60s kitchen or living room. Everything about it is just very pleasant. It's a very fun design. I like the font of it. I like that it's a different shape than your plain old rectangle. You know, this deserves to be, I'd even put it higher up if there wasn't just so many good options. So overall, much like a taco itself, I would desire to have a couple of these at the all you can eat buffet. I'm looking at this now and man, you made some good points. And I remember liking this card a lot. I might, I'm not going to do it yet. I'm a little nervous, but I might take an unprecedented step breaking news and move this ranking a little bit at the end. I'm not sure because this is unprecedented. It's a well-shaped card. It's a card that Mm. is shaped like the thing it is. It's meaningful. It's fun. It's colorful. It celebrates a fake milestone who loves doesn't love that um I <laughs> who mean, loves who an arbitrary number an arbitrary it celebrates an arbitrary number it's good i gonna reserve my right to slightly change my ranking at the end i don't like doing it but you made some good points so i'll leave it at that and i'll update you we have a full ranking autonomy here so you are more than free to change them as you wish there are not many laws of course we have the 750 dollars administration fee that i warned you about before we started the podcast so you do not get to shirk on that you, but, you did yeah I, and you told me you don't take American Nespresso, I think, right? Was the card you don't we, take? We don't take American. We don't take Nespresso. We do still take Gogurt points until the end of 2023. So I know you've been ranking them up. So by all means, you can go ahead and cash your Gogurt points now. I know you've been saving for the leather jacket, but if you want to use them for this, you can. Okay. I was going to get some more tech decks, but yeah, that, that, that might be the way I have to use it. Oh, you haven't gotten the ramp yet for that, the Tech Deck Pee Wee ramp. And I know you've been wanting to get to the grinding, so you haven't gotten the pole yet. Man, you're a little behind. I, I don't know if I can do this podcast with you anymore. I blew all my money on Beyblades. I'm really mad that they didn't the idea of Marlboro points. Like, hey, while you're working on your cancer and or emphysema, by all means, get a leather jacket in the meantime. I'm so angry <laughs> that they didn't incorporate that same buying technique with like Go-Gurt 
or with like other things that I can buy that you can do that for. If the amount of bananas that I buy, do you know how many cool like sneakers I would have right now? Like I if there was a Chiquita point system, it'd be incredible. I hope you're listening to animals. Oh my god, the yo play for points situation. Never mind. It writes itself. Uh, god damn it. Okay, it writes let's move itself. On. This we is could upsetting. do this. All right. Never, number five for me. Let's keep it rolling. We have got, of course, from episode 30, Coitus, Roman, Latin, Hey Grandson, Dino V Day. That is my number five, Bobby O'Rourke's number six. Yeah. Now, Yes, go ahead. I would, uh, no, you go first, please. I want to hear what you think. Well, all I wanted to say was just to get us started here on uh, Grandson Dino V-Day because I was, you know, as we do for these greets givings, going through and returning to my emotions of each card and how I feel about them. And I know some ding-dongs might be screaming at the heavens because we are going against things that we said initially about the cards. And to that I say, quit. Then quit then. We said it in the last yeah, episode. Losers. and I'm I'm only going to get more militant as we keep going on. Get out of here then, Dillweeds. I don't need you. Uh, Dan's on his fifth cup of coffee, and it is 7 p.m. You can hear it in my voice. I am over-caffeinated. This is what you get when Dan decides to start drinking it at 6.30 p.m. <laughs> I just generally really enjoy this card. I think I was a little bit more critical than I should have been at the beginning of that episode with the joke and also whether or not dinosaurs can hold an anatomically incorrect heart like that. But I remember loving the cover, like what Jurassic Park should have been, you know, mm. that cover on the in the second page of the greeting card. Oh, and yeah, the back slashes, at it, yeah, the, the claw slashes. Yes, very good. And looking at it now, it is just a testament to good graphic design. I really, really enjoy it. I can't get enough of it still even looking back on it. It puts a smile on my face. So while it's not going to crack the top four, because I think we just got a lot of good to enjoy, our cornucopia is overflowing like a very fun Thanksgiving card. I still really enjoyed that graphic and the greeting card. So number five, it goes. Good enough for me. I think the only reason this falls below Sweet 16 Taco, for example, for me is it still feels like one of those cards that would be weird for me personally to buy because I'm not old enough to have grandchildren. So it <laughs> almost feels it's a good card. It's very sweet. I, I still just for some reason, it just caught my eye where it just said, hey, grandson. And it was a dinosaur holding a heart. And I thought there's only a certain person who can buy this card without getting a raised eyebrow from the cashier. That's the only knock I have against while I hear you on that argument, and I think it's very fair, you could give this to somebody who is a grandson. Yes. It's not to say that they're your grandson. We do, <laughs> that's just a distinction you have. Everyone's someone's grandson. You're also some, you know, you could be giving this to, it's like a niece card. That's you're somebody's niece. So, assume, assumedly, uh, apparently. So, you can absolutely give this to somebody. Look, look, you're a grandson in someone's life, and I found a dino card. What are you complaining about? Whenever you're having a bad day and you're down and the world is just, you know, nipping at your heels just remember you're someone's grandson just somebody interrogating them slapping them right in the face and going you're a grandson aren't you aren't you you must be a grandson <laughs> can't you see how i feel from one grandson to another look let me talk to you grandson to grandson <laughs> let's just talk here we understand we understand we're both grandsons still a good card still deserves to be in a higher place i'm also very excited to be talking about because i feel like we're also missing talking about where they are in the fridge but that's also going to be available on the instagram yes, yeah. so so going to our number fours bobby where are you at my number four is from episode 29 moscow middle schooler my favorite invention <laughs> the, of this season the drink that's served in a cowboys and aliens cup from 7-eleven <laughs> And if I recall correctly, that is vodka and Capri Sun or so. OK, it's the squeezed out Capri Sun with vodka served in a Cowboys and Aliens signature cup from 7-Eleven, which is a real thing that I picked up years after the movie. 
in a dusty corner. I could have stolen it. No one would have done anything. To they me. really they like, overbought on that movie. They thought that movie was going to kill it, and everyone forgot oh, about it immediately. They, they were like, this is going to be the hit of the summer. We can't miss this. But the card for that one was Vias for Vodka, our first Valentine's Day card. So that's number four for me. Dan, what is your number four? My number four is another Valentine glory. It's number 31, Violent Empathy, Empathetic Violence. It's Valentine's Horror Into the Sun as long as I'm with you, which was your number eight. Let's get into it. Bobby, would you explain to me why you have chosen to put this card a little bit more behind on your grand spectrum of cards this time around? Yeah, a little difference, a four slot difference here. I think four this slot one, difference. four slot difference. I think that it's the card that let me down the most. We've talked a lot about mm, interesting. We've talked a lot about cards that start strong and then they lose steam in the back half. And this one really had a somewhat disturbing, but also very funny opening where it was the couple in the car heading towards a supernova evidently and saying, what do you want to eat? I don't know. What do you want to eat? I don't know. And then there's just nothing inside except a really quite dour text message that says and i mean a literal text message not a text message says i don't care where we eat as long as i'm with you strangely somber for valentine's day and kind of overly serious for a card and i think just it it sort of let me down and i don't hate it but of the valentine's day cards i think that was one of my least favorite ones those are all interesting points i definitely agree that the tone is not one that i think Fits with what you're looking for for Valentine's Day and definitely will let you down with the dynamism of the beginning or it's trying to balance out maybe the frustrations of that conversation you have with your significant other with something bright and cheery and floral and it doesn't do that at all. Sure. It's just typewriters it. I think what makes me put it higher on the scale is that I think it makes up for it in being a very quirky card. It comes off to me a little alternative. It's got fantastic artwork i really enjoy the front of it or great artwork i'll say and i just was really charmed by it in that way and so and i think also i am influenced and perhaps this is negatively so maybe we're not supposed to do this in our rankings but just the mythos that you and i created the reality we created of them going into some orange horror like there is a great sun that is turning into a red giant in front of their very eyes they're essentially living 30 million years of a son's history in about 15 minutes and uh they won't even make it they won't even make it to the culver's drive-thru in time before that big red sun <laughs> well shows towards their a red lobster <laughs> no cheddar pay biscuits for you this time hope they have them in heaven because they won't be available now and i think that made me so happy the world that we created that i had to put it pretty high on the rankings even though i agree that if I got this for Valentine's Day, I'd have to be like, wait, do you like being with me? Or you can say no. I I was expecting that anyways. Beautifully defended. I accept that. Thank you. Handshakes. And we will put the swords, the how beards away for now. Mm-hmm. Bobby, you're number three. Give it to me. And then the discussions will be had. That's right. Because my number three is a discussion around. It is Vias for Vodka. So from uh, Moscow Middle Schooler, Dan Number four for you, number three for me. So pretty close. What's your feelings on Vias for Vodka? So my feelings on Vias for Vodka and why I put it just above Valentine's Horror Into the Sun. You know, I remember us having a very fun conversation about this card. Again, it goes into the old trope of people finding some excuse to not do Valentine's Day the way corporations want us to do. Either you're by yourself or you're not with your partner or nothing like that. Everything is fake. We can go through this again. But I think looking back on the card and rereading it, you know, Vias for vodka that's good enough for me 
Cookie Monster, mm-hmm. and then going inside and reading the, and that's it. There are no other words we need to worry about when things about when thinking about the letter V in February and just Happy Vodka Day. And I got into this mindset of thinking how funny it would be if from this little maymay that was put on a piece of paper. 40 years from now, 50 years from now, Vodka Day just becomes a thing. If we go back on that website we were talking about, there probably is a Vodka Day that already exists, International Vodka Day. But I love the idea of like school children passing out little airport bottles of Soboyevsky and just being like, happy Vodka Day to you. It was like the Invader Zim, for any Invader Zim heads out there. Did you watch Invader Zim, Bobby? I did, but I was a casual viewer. That's very fair. Do you remember the Valentine's Day episode with Tack at all or no? I remind me. I don't think I do. Okay, so the, the big thing that I'm referencing here is that I remember the one where he started stealing kids' organs and trying oh, to explain that's a great that one. to yeah. other people is really <laughs> to, quite difficult. To look to look more human. And I think he puts he replaces Dib's stomach with the cow moo thing. So he opens his mouth and just goes which I thought was great. I was thinking so the episode, which is pretty close to that one where it's Valentine's Day and I think throughout Invader Zim the whole idea is that they're in the not so distant future, dystopian future. And instead of passing out you know, candy or cards, they pass out meat like steak and weenies and other stuff. And I think Dib says to the teacher, I forget her name right now, but Dib says to the teacher, I, oh, Miss Bitters. Miss Bitters, I remember, uh, I read somewhere that they used to give out candy and other things for Valentine's Day. When did the meat thing start? And she just goes, you don't want to (laughs) know. And I, I had this thought in my head of that's what our Valentine's Day will become, just enjoying potato spirits together. So for that very convoluted long reason, Vias for Vodka gets to be in the top three for me. Good enough for me. And I do like this card. It's number four. I would also like to say that Maddie did lay out an interesting opinion where I came at this card thinking it was a way to be too bashful to express affection because it's not about Valentine's Day wink it's about vodka but Maddie also said no this is a card for like middle aged wine moms who are giving each other cards it's similar to a girls night out of saying like ah V is for vodka come on we'll come over we'll play some bingo and we'll just you know well we'll talk about men you know whatever so i thought going back yeah that's it's it's a versatile card and so i think it it was pretty high up there uh, for me whether you're not there with your significant other yet about using the l word and valentine's day is a little too close to l and therefore you want to have a neutral card or if you you and the the gals are just uh yes you and the you and you and the uh the l word who was in that i know i don't remember who was that that. Uh, oh i i interrupted a good bit for you for a bad bit (laughs) so sorry about that no, I wanted to continue your bit, but I have nothing to give you because at first I thought I said the word girls because I was going into girls night and I thought you were referencing the Leah Dunham show. And I know that the L word is an HBO show that I have no knowledge of and I cannot <laughs> do any references to. So if anything, Bobby, I failed the bit because improv is about spotlighting your partner and I done fucked up. So I'm sorry. And if you want to go, it's cool. All right. All right. So while Bobby is exiting, he's putting on his fine pea coat. I was going to say, um, yeah, good for either saying the L word, but whether you're saying whether you can't say the L word to your partner yet, or if you're having a fantastic girls night of Cosmopolitans and rewatching Magic Mike 2, either way, this card is very versatile. So I think that's a good number four is a good ranking for that. Number three for me, our biggest divide. Number three is Santa Maze from You Can Do Everything Right and Still Lose. And this card primarily provided by Andrew Miller. Six Thanks, differences. Miller. Six six places, Dan. This is our, our greatest divide yet so far. Yeah, this is our is this our biggest one on record? No, I think that honor still goes to Seafood Birthday. I think that one has I think seafood seven, birthday. seven spots yeah. in between. <laughs> we'll have to go we'll have to revisit that and see how we feel in mm-hmm. future episodes. But we'll do okay, a podcast so, talking 
talking about our rankings, that will be just a hit. <laughs> if the 20 people that listen to this show already didn't have an inkling for more content, let's do a even more diffused version of the podcast <laughs> that we do right now. Like somehow even more convoluted than what we're already doing. So Santa Mays for me, I have to say, and going back to what I said earlier, once we get out of the shittiest angel territory, it's like World War One ending. We're out of the trenches. Everything is roses from here. There's nothing especially harmful about this card. There's nothing that strikes me as that malicious, except for its how it's made. So again, what do I mean by that? I am not saying that the card looks a certain way that makes me unhappy. It does not have a terrible message. It just says a Christmas maze for you. Help Santa get to your house. If anything, I gave it a very high ranking. Despite its low ranking here, I gave it a very good position on the fridge because it is a multifaceted card, which is nice. But something that is this environmentally muted, I just cannot. I cannot. <laughs> if if I if I endorse this card, I am allowing more cards like this to exist. And look at the the. The amount of plastic that had to get made just for this thing to exist. It is just a it is an anti-environmental baby card and I cannot justify it. So therefore it has to go low for the sake of my own morality and mortality. While I respect your opinion, I think you're a good man. I'm honored to fight beside no, you. No, you don't. He, right. Here's why that's wrong. Um, okay. <laughs> actually, the plastic thing, I totally get you, but my I was taken aback by how interactive the card was. I think for a kid, sure. having a game and a card is very fun. I also enjoyed the flip side of Andrew saying, you know, it's kind of confusing that Santa needs help to get to your house. Is there something wrong with him? And so I thought, there's something for kids, there's something for adults. Everyone wins in this card except for Santa, apparently, who is lost. So for that reason, and that reason, not alone. It's number three for me. I do like the idea that it opens up an existential conversation with more innocent adults where the kid is sort of sitting after Christmas dinner, enjoying the maze and having fun. The parents all have like hot mugs of coffee around holding their head in their hands going, wait, what's wrong with Santa? I didn't know there was something wrong. What do we do? Do we call somebody? Is that like our responsibility? I can't, well, I take can't care do of him. Yeah, I, I, we, both, we both said at the same time, we're like, we can't take care of Santa. We can't take care of Bobby and I both admitting we both can't take care of Santa. I can't take care of Santa. I'm going to be in Des Moines next week. I'm not equipped for this. I've got a life to live. I can't keep my thermostat that low. You know how he likes it cold. He lives up there. I can't watch Santa right now. I am getting too into The Last of Us. I'm not even meeting my friends. My kid's interning at Water Zoo. I don't have any money. <laughs> I can't support Santa. You don't understand. My daughter is studying to be a crocodile. I can't have Santa Claus nearby. <laughs> It's not a good mix. He notoriously doesn't like reptiles. Oh, you don't think I'm right? Name one reptile that has ever pushed the sleigh. It's just, meanwhile, the child is just oblivious, going like, I like my toy. I'm glad this isn't an iPhone. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not playing Candy Crush. Okay, so we have the greatest divide in Santa Mays, but again, it is a, it is a fine, amicable disagreement. We move along to, honestly, probably the greatest streak of agreement we've had in a while. We have two cards where we are right on the money in agreement with. Bobby, what is number two for both you and I? Number two for both of us, United Front, is from episode 32, our most recent. I wish you would end with me. <laughs> it's for my <laughs> wife, parenthesis, Valentine's schlub, close parenthesis. So, Dan, it's... It's a card that tells a story I don't want to hear. It's a card that focuses on a man I don't want to know. It's a card about a bad relationship. It's a card about failure, about being the worst version of yourself. I can't get enough of it. How do you feel? 
Listen, my eyes are getting weary. My back is getting tight. I'm sitting here in traffic on the Queensbrook Bridge tonight. But I don't care because all I want to do is cash my check and drive right home to you. And that was Wow, that the... was so lovely. What a Thank you. That's the that was not only the theme song to The King of Queens, but that is the battle cry for so many sitcoms. Schlub Man Beautiful wife with snarky attitude towards the schlub husband for good reasons. Usually a third character, often a parent that's going to come in and make things crazy. And then a cast of friends all in some general suburbia. And we were subjected to this hell for roughly 20 years. We're just now avoiding sitcoms like this. But this card is the boiled down synthesis of those sitcoms. Just a, a man who was a Neanderthal of a human slowly learning to not be his Neanderthal self. Does he succeed? I don't care. Does he make some mistakes? Yes, and I don't care. <laughs> Is there a conclusion where both are happy? Probably not. Again, I don't care, but I can't get enough of it. It is well-written, well-executed. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the maybe it's that we're learning to not be this dude, but some one way or another, there's something we enjoy about it. It also helps that it looks like a preppier Patrick Warburton, I think we mentioned in the mm-hmm. episode, and anything that looks like putty is going right on the wall for me. So that maybe that's what it is, too. Yeah, and you gotta love a card that is ostensibly about a secondary character whose face we never see. Never. We There is one moment where we get an image of her on the wall, if I remember correctly, but that's not enough. It's not live. Who knows what she looks like now? What is happening? Also love that. I think we mentioned this, how in between he clearly messed up shaving, which I also, another reason why I put it at number two, I'm very empathetic about because to this day, I'm a grown man who can't go without a beard because my skin is so against a razor that it will bleed out terribly. It'll just be like the rivers have run red with blood every time I shave. Bleeding face Conroy that your jazz persona persists to this day among the many clubs of New York City. Hey guys, I'm bleeding face Conroy. I'm the only one doing scream jazz. Be sure to tip your waitresses and remember to comment, like, subscribe. Coming with me on the mouth horn is Babs O'Rourke. <laughs> they called him the best mouth trumpeter in all of West Fieldchester. Bobby, did you have any other comments about For My Wife, Valentine Schlub? No, I'm ready to move on to numero uno for both of us. How could it not be in a way it was always meant to be? Seriously? It's the Seriously Cat from episode 25. Ears are open, mind is shut. Very similar vibes for me, Dan, to Girls' Night Out. All of our winners are, in Mm. my view, sort of cards where we can't quite understand why they were made, but we're happy they're here because our previous number one was also Goodbye, You'll Miss Me, provided by Johnny Della Luna. So <laughs> I, I forgot about that. They're one. just, I, I'm just so into the cards where I cannot fathom how they were made or what they were made for. How do you feel about this one? These cards are slowly becoming a rogues gallery of expendables characters in that like you just said echoing what you just said bobby they come in with little purpose a lot of them come in with little context a lot of them come in very nonsensical the ones that we've had but every one of these whether it was goodbye you'll miss me what was the first one again wait the first one was girls night out oh yeah yeah sorry girls night out oh my god girls night out girls night better than therapy yes between girls night out goodbye you'll miss me and seriously cat these are characters who demand your attention but will not give you a reason why who insist you look at them but will not give you much context behind it 
guns a-blazing, and then leave us wanting more somehow. And this is exactly, in my opinion, what Seriously Cat does for me between, I believe we called it its sexy apron, which I'm going to stand by, and I don't care what community I appeal to by saying that. It's coffee stain that was not made by accident, is absolutely part of the printing, and then Seriously in the middle. I feel as, even looking at it now, I am as giddy and as churlish, I guess I can say, as I felt the minute I found this in a in the Christmas tree shop in Little Italy from which it was wrought. And <laughs> since then, I need to take another pilgrimage and see if I can find another heavyweight uh, winner in the stacks because they have many greeting cards there. But yeah, I mean, even right now, I am I am just I, I feel as good as a boy can be. Uh, Bobby, how about you? Same thing. I love a card that could be sent for any reason to any person at any time. And this card is one of our most open-ended. You could send this card to someone who has disappointed you with their choice of wine at dinner, to someone who hasn't appeared before The Hague for their war criminal trial. You know, it, it has such a range, and I just appreciate that deeply. A lot of people don't know, but ever since the Gulf War, we've been giving this to every criminal of The Hague. They just get this card the minute they go to jail or the worser crimes that we won't get into because we're trying to end this on a high note. Yes, <laughs> I brought up war crimes too late once again in the podcast. My <laughs> apologies. It's never bad to bring up a war crime. We gotta sometimes it's got to be mentioned. Mm-hmm. The, just the concept of war crimes. You don't have to go into detail. That's right. So if I'm gonna, as we close out, Dan, I'm I just filtered our sheet and I could tell you what this chart looks like. So way in the bowels of hell is the shittiest angel. Not even on the map. Like so far down there. So far gone. And, and then we still have text pug stinks. You're going away, cat, and Merry Christmas. All kind of bringing up the rear. And then okay. in the middle, we got like a solid, very close tie almost between Sweet Sixteen Taco, Grandson, Dinosaur, V-Day, Santa Maze, and Valentine's Horror, all kind of hovering comfortably in the middle, which is fine with that. me, I think. And then Same. near the top, V is for Vodka, 3.5 average for my wife, Valentine Schlub, number two, and Seriously Cat, number one. Are you comfortable with these averages or anything strike you as odd? How do you feel about them? I am very comfortable with these averages and with our results here because I believe it is a testament to the creativity required to be a heavy lifter on the list here at Greetings, the Greeting Card Podcast. We will not accept... What's the word I'm looking for? A mundaneness? We will, like... Uh, mundanity, we will not... I think, is the word, Mu- right? Mundane, mundanity, thank you. We will not accept mundanity here on the podcast. We will not accept ab- just being average. It's not going to be enough. You can't phone it in if you want to be on the list here. And I think, you know, our lesser creatures, not referring to the least of them, which is indeed a demon, but the other ones are not inherently bad cards. But you gotta... I mean, the last three are literally animal cards, like pet cards. Yeah. And while they do attract you know good feelings and good vibes from them i cannot say that that isn't a little bit of a cheap shot that is a little bit of you're working with our emotions there in order to get us to pay Mm. and then that feels the same way moving right up into valentine's horror into the sun we get out from xmas cat then santa maze which we're going to disagree with heavily i don't disagree that it isn't a cool versatile card with fun activities i just hate that i feel like we are losing a rainforest tree every time one of them is made fair and then going up from dino v day to seriously it is is just honestly a beautiful art gallery of creativity and trying new stuff and bringing things together. I I don't disagree with it at all. I think this is honestly pretty solid. How do you feel about it, Bobby? Do you think there's anything very egregious that you need to bring out? Is there any um, grievances that you need to scream to the mighty clouds? No, the clouds can remain as they are. It is interesting to me that we had a good number of cat cards this time around. We had three cat we cards. We did. Only one dinosaur card, though, so I'm hoping next season, if that's what we're going to call it, has a lot more dinosaurs 
perhaps fewer cats and a whole lot more iguanas. I don't think we have any iguana representation in our cards so we far. We don't. Well, nature finds a way, and hopefully it'll find its way into our list next season. And hopefully some iguanas, too, because they taste delicious. And whether you are a fan of dinosaur movies or iguana meat, you can continue to join the fun here with our cards at Greetings Pod on Instagram or at Greetings Cast on Twitter. Please have a look-see at the items that we provide for you in the form of greeting card posts and fun jokes. And please rate and review us on Apple iTunes Podcasts, Mabob. Wait, Apple Podcasts. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I'm Wherever Apple you iTunes, find Mabob. Pod- it's me. I'm the one. Oh, Apple iTunes, Mabob. My God, look at your skin as fresh as a newborn goose. Well, I've eaten. And I've starved. Well, we'll see you next time, kids. Looking forward to the next round. And I hope you are too. And if you're not, keep it to yourself. Yeah, just keep your unhappiness to yourself. Don't worry. You're at work. You'll be there soon. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. Ba da ba 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 ba